With us today is Dr. Peter Michalos, and uh, he's our in-house genius regarding uh, science, regarding medicine, and he's also a, a historian. And uh, Dr. Peter Michalos, what would you like to talk about today? Today we're going to talk about something that I've coined a new term and uh, something about electric cars. Uh, I've come to the conclusion after studying that it really is an emissions diversion scheme. And what do I mean by that? Basically, no greenhouse gases come directly from the electric cars that run on electricity, but that in large part is still produced by fossil fuels in most of the world. So tremendous energy is used to manufacture these vehicles and especially the battery, which requires a carbon, heavy carbon footprint, mining rare earth minerals like lithium, neodymium, and vast amount of water needed for the mining and uh, reported child slave labor in places like the Congo where they mine the lithium. But the reality is you have countries that are, uh, have a lot of coal use for electricity, and there are no more, there's no environmental benefit uh, being found using an electric car that's basically indirectly powered by coal somewhere miles away. So it's really an emissions diversion scheme. And just because you don't see it coming out of the tailpipe, it's coming out somewhere else. There are exceptions, of course, for example, like countries like uh, Norway, which will use uh, nuclear uh, power and it's more, more efficient. But most of the world is not doing that. And especially now that we're finding out the dependency of uh, fuel in the European countries that they had on Russian gas, they're finding now that they're burning a lot more coal than ever, and the price of electricity has skyrocketed, making charging an electric car a lot more uh, problematic. And there are other issues that come along with all of this, including we found out, and we talked about it before anyone on WABC Radio, how salt water and storms and hurricanes affect these cars, and the sodium chloride, which is a conductor and also causes rust, caused a lot of shorting out of these batteries down in the Florida storms. And uh, I'll announce here, too, that we have also concerns about salt spreaders when they're spreading to melt the snow and these electric cars are driving in the snow. What's going to happen with all the snow hitting the bottoms of these cars, the electric motors and the batteries? Some of the insurance companies is going to prohibit, uh, especially snowy weather, cold weather, cold uh, to leave uh, the electric cars in home garages, because if the oh, electric absolutely. car, if the electric car catches fire like they have been lately, the whole house will burn down. So there might be an exclusion policy to your house burning down if you have an electric car in the garage. Yeah, and there's some buildings. I have friends who live in Naples, Florida, and the gung-ho people who wanted the electric car charging in stations, and then the storm happened, and some of them who left their cars there and were up in the north while the storm was happening, those cars caught fire. It caused this, you know, basically a poison gas called cyanide gas comes out of these fires, and the whole building has an odor and a smell and contamination, and they have not been able to go and enjoy their place in Florida because there were so many issues in buildings where you have a concentrated number of people and shared ventilation systems, and all these gases went throughout all these apartments. So it, it definitely is an issue. And what's interesting is the Think Tank Institute of Germany found that electric vehicles 
will not cut CO2 emissions in Germany in the next few years when they actually did the real math. And then you have other organizations funded by the EV industry that always comes out with a different conclusion. So there are other things, too, that, for example, nobody talks about how, for example, weather plays a major role in batteries. They don't work as well in freezing cold weather. And the advertised range of these uh, cars is just non-existent in cold weather. When we have those uh, cold 15-degree days and weekends and someone thinks they're going to make it, for example, from the New York to the Hamptons on one charge, guess what? When you have freezing cold weather, it just doesn't work out that way. These are all things that people don't really understand. And also the rescuers are really now just starting to understand how serious it is that when you have one of these fires, like on an expressway or something, you need a whole different set of equipment to deal with it. It's not just the water and a regular jaws of life. For example, there have been people electrocuted trying to rescue people with an electric car because the jaws of life touches the metal. If some of the positive energy is grounded on the car, the rescuers can also be killed. One of the first things to do in any accident is always turn your ignition off to cut the fuel and to cut power off. These electric car rescues are something that Many of the fire departments around the country are learning uh, now how to deal with it, and they have to deal with it in a whole uh, different uh, manner. You can't have an AM radio because it puts out all this EMF energy and it interferes with AM radio. So people, many people depend on AM radio to get their news. So for example, in the New York area, all the major uh, in news and weather stations are all on AM. So if you have an electric car, you can't even get access to the, the basic uh, AM uh, signals based, based on that EMF. And the concern, again, is nobody knows. I don't know the answers, but many uh, scientists have written to the World Health Organization. What exactly is all this EMF from batteries, motors, e uh, the Bluetooth, the Wi-Fi, all bouncing around in this reverse Faraday cage box of a metal box called an electric car? What is it doing to the human humans? We don't really know all these answers, and more research needs to be conducted. And sometimes we find ourselves jumping ahead with technology and not really asking what is happening to our frail biology, just like we learned over the years when x-rays came out. They used it for ac acne until they found out it caused skin cancer, or UVC in 1903 was used for skin infections until they found out it caused skin cancer. So we, we have a lot more learning to do. And just like people say, oh, we're going to go out to space and travel to Mars, the human body is a lot more frail. It can't handle all that cosmic radiation. Uh, it would cause DNA damage. So we're learning more and more. We need to just start asking some questions. I think that one day, you know, it may work out when we have clean sources of energy, when vision and things like that become, you know, uh, rea realities. But right now we're, we're not there. So I think we need to proceed with caution as we're learning with all these uh, various issues that are coming up and really look at also, is it truly carbon free? And also now I know about people who get into a car accident with an electric car and good luck finding a part. I know people tell me three, four months. And then I have friends who have car body shops and they say they're terrified of having to deal with them because they worry for their workers not getting electrocuted after an accident. And there are many precautions that you have to take dealing with just repairing an, an electric car. So all these things coming together, we need to just ask more questions. Dr. Peter Michalos, thank you for coming on. Thank you for, for being concerned and telling all our listeners uh, the good news and the bad news and, 
And um, that's what it's all about. We, we, we tell both sides. And uh, Thanks, for bro. full disclosure, for full disclosure, I'm in the oil business. I think uh, electric cars should be an option, not mandatory. And for full disclosure, I'm not in the oil business. And as the ancient Greeks said, the more we learn and the more we know, the more we realize how much we don't know. <laughs>